peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially if you're visiting us with us this morning. We're so glad that you're here. There is a friendship pad on each one of the pews near the center aisle. It's a black folder, and we'd love to have you fill it out and let us know that you're here with us today, whether you're visiting or whether you are regularly here. You can see what's going on in the life of the church, too. There's an adult education class going on right now over in Tankersley Hall about the Protestant Reformation, as throughout this year we celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. We also have an adult, a women's group that is going to be meeting uh, and studying the Heidelberg Catechism in a contemporary interpretation of that. That group starts this week. It is called Body and Soul. And so if you are a woman and you might want to be a part of that, today is the last Sunday to sign up for that out on the patio. Also, the men's retreat is in just a few weeks with John McCaig speaking. At the dinner last Sunday night, I saw quite a, a few men who said, oh yeah, we're going to go together to this one. And so I think it's going to be a wonderful uh, weekend together. You can sign up, you can see how to do that for the men's retreat. We have a new member orientation, which will be on Sunday, November 12th at the 10 o'clock hour. If you have been coming here for a while and wondering if you want to know more about this church or thinking about perhaps becoming a member, we'd love to have you be at that one-hour class. There's a chance at the end of that, if you decide that you want to join, to finish that process right there within that hour. Uh, you can sign up on the patio for that. It helps us to know how many are coming. Also, the Sacred Story Prayer Group starts in a couple of weeks. If you would like to learn this ancient um, and ever-living way of learning to pray and centering yourself throughout each day, uh, you are welcome to sign up for that. You can see they are going to meet on Thursday afternoons. It is for men and women both. Our fall book talk is reading two books, those books will be available uh, today as the last day they will be available on the patio. Uh, after today, you will have to order them yourself if you would like to get those books. We hope that you will read them. They are great books. Next Sunday is World Communion Sunday as we celebrate the church around the world. And every year we invite you to come in international dress. So it, we hope that you will come dressed as your own family of origin, uh, as your ethnic roots, or perhaps dressed in, a, um, in the ways of a country that you support and that you pray for, perhaps where you support mission work. So many of us will be dressed up next week. I hope that you will join us in doing that as we celebrate the church around the world. Uh, also, uh, you can see on the back of our announcements that Gil Orr passed into the presence of the Lord this week. The service for Gil is going to be here next Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, Gil and his wife Vicki were a part of this church for many years, a long time ago. And so uh, we are honored to be able to be the place that Gil will be, uh, uh, Gil will be remembered. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. Father, God of love and life, with thankful hearts, we acknowledge our lives to be a gift of your grace, renewed every morning and built up every day in your sovereign care. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, we find the beginning and end of all things. In him we find hope, joy, and courage for new beginnings. This morning, may the fresh wind of your Holy Spirit sweep into our lives this day so that this act of worship and the week to follow may become a time of renewal as we trust and follow you. Hear our praises and be pleased with our worship. For you are worthy of our honor and adoration. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship that you'll find in your bulletins. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Let the sea roar 
and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. So let us stand and do that together. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of this day. Together. Joyful, joyful. Jesus died and 
church. Let us be seated as we sing Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. Oh, how I need you, Lord. You are my only hope. You're my only So God speaks to his people, be still, be still, and know that I am God. Listen to our prayer of confession, for we would speak honestly before you. We confess that we haven't always done what is right, that some of our attitudes and actions have hurt others and ourselves and have grieved you. Forgive us. In your mercy, look deeply into our hearts. Examine our thoughts and our actions. Test our motivations. Bring to light all the things in our lives that dishonor you. We want to follow you with integrity, to obey the commandments you have given us, and to walk in ways that bring honor to your name. O oh Lord, listen to our prayer of confession, for we would speak honestly before you now in this silence. For we pray through Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, our God never fails to hear us when we call to him. Trust in his forgiveness and unfailing love, and be at peace. For he rescues all who take refuge in him. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Amen. Leave me so cold. 
want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 3 as we continue our study through the book of Psalms this fall. You'll find it on page 49 in the Old Testament portion of your pew Bible. I'll also be reading from Philippians 4. Hear God's word to us. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying to me, there is no help for you in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy hill. I lie down and sleep. I wake again, for the Lord sustains me. I am not afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Rise up, O Lord. Deliver me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. And from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, you have spoken to us with your saving words. You have been transforming our lives by the power of your Holy Spirit, taking the word of God and causing us to believe upon you, to trust you with our future. We pray that you will take this psalm and help us to understand how we too, like David, can entrust all things to your sovereign care to believe that you are always present with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Monday morning, I started to read a new book called Anxious for God by Max Lucado. Max is a pastor of a church in San Antonio, Texas, and he is an author of many books, many I have read over my life of faith and have encouraged me in my relationship with Christ. A few weeks ago, I was reading an article by Max posted on the internet, written just a few days before Hurricane Harvey barreled into Texas, his home state. The title of his article was, What Hurricane Harvey Teaches Us as Christians. I always find it interesting to read how other pastors respond to such crisis, how they bring in their theology, especially when faced with a natural disaster. At the end of the article, it mentioned his new book, anxious for nothing. You would think they were enticing the reader after they read about the hurricane to purchase a book called Anxious for Nothing, but it didn't take much to entice me. I'd been feeling anxious that week, and the title caught my eye. In the first chapter, he states that the word anxious defines itself. He says the word is a hybrid of two words, angst and shus. Angst is a sense of unease, the anticipation that there is some kind of threat awaiting you around the corner. Shus, he says with humor, is the sound one makes as they are hiking up a flight of stairs. 
when your heart is beating fast and the lungs are running out of oxygen, inhaling and exhaling, sounding like you are out of breath. Now think about that for a moment. The feeling of unease and threat combined with the experience of feeling as though you were out of breath. You ever felt that way? You may have walked in the sanctuary feeling that way. You may be thinking, I feel that way all the time. Right? Well, he goes on to tell a story that a native Hawaiian once told him of the origin of the name that islanders use for us non-Hawaiians. Do you know what Hawaiians happen to call us non-Hawaiians? Haole! That's right! His friends said that haole is a Hawaiian word for no breath. His friend went on to say that the name became associated with European immigrants of the 1820s. Our forefathers thought the settlers were always in a hurry to build plantations, harbors, and ranches. To the native Hawaiians, they always seemed to be out of breath. No breath. A howly. A Wednesday morning, I was walking up Pearl Street to my house. You ever walked up Pearl Street? Starts off kind of mellow, but then there's a nice hill that gradually starts kicking up a notch. You see, the night before, the engine light went off on my wife's car. Don't you hate it when the engine light goes off after all the auto shops have closed? Because your mind starts thinking, what is going on with this car? So I took the car down to the auto shop on PCH, and I'm starting my journey up Pearl Street, and then as I'm walking along, nothing really was in my mind, and then boom, it popped in there. That guy's going to call me in a little while. He's going to tell me how much the repair is going to cost, and we always knew it may start out with an oil and lube, but they always get you with something else, right? And I started thinking, how much is that going to cost me? And then once that made its way into my mind, boom, another thing popped into my mind. I started thinking about my youngest son applying for colleges. How much are those application fees going to be? How much are the college costs going to be? And then boom, another thing popped in there. My parents' health. My dad's health hasn't been too hot lately. And I started thinking that through. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I've got a sermon to give this Sunday. I don't really have anything to say yet. What am I going to tell everyone? And then, boom, I thought, wait a minute. Why did I start Molokai registration this week? All those registrations are going to come through. I've got too much on my mind. And then I started getting short of breath as I was walking. And then I thought to myself, and then I said it out loud, I'm a howly. <laughs> and some guy walking out of spigot with a 12, or he's looking at me, yeah, well, maybe you are. And I recalled something a friend of mine said to me years ago after I made the naive comment that once I get a certain issue off of my plate that I'm finally going to be able to chill out. And my friend who knows me too well said, Ah, Steve, I know you well. You'll just replace it with something else. <clears throat> Those close friends of ours. I said, Well, at least I have hope. I got that going for me, which is nice. So I was walking up the hill, thinking about all of this, and I just started to laugh out loud, and I'm sure everybody thought I was crazy. Maybe, just maybe you've shown up here this morning a little short of breath. You may have walked in here with some financial thing going through your mind you have to deal with this week. Maybe there's an intense project or situation you've been working on for some time. Maybe there is something up ahead that looks very daunting to you. Could be a job, 
a health or a family crisis you're struggling through. Maybe you're worried about an interview or college applications or a doctor's appointment. Maybe you've got that thing going on in your head that all the what-ifs start popping up and you start thinking, how will I deal with one of those what-ifs that are happening there in my mind? Maybe you have the feeling that someone or something is after you pastor at my first church always would say, well, being paranoid doesn't mean someone's not out to get you. Maybe you've walked in here with a perfect storm. Everything and everyone clamping down on you all at the same time. If it isn't right now, it's been at some other time in your life. I think that's right where the psalmist was as he was lifting up this lament before God, an intense emotional prayer before the Lord. He was clearly struggling with anxiety and fear. It was before him, we read. It was behind him. And some way, as it can happen to us, it got inside of him and it started to choke off his breath. He was short of breath. And he felt as though he was right at the brink. Many scholars believe this was a psalm of King David right when he was at the lowest point in his life. When everything started to spin out of control, every part of his life was falling apart. He felt he was right at the edge of the cliff, that his kingdom and his life would be taken from him. And so you might ask the question, What happened? Well, it happened one afternoon on a rooftop. One afternoon he was walking around on the roof of his palace and he saw a very, very beautiful woman who just happened to be married. And there she was in the next neighborhood over taking a shower. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. Next thing you know, he commits adultery. He finds out she's pregnant. He tries to cover it up. He has her husband murdered, and then he marries her, and he thinks he's gotten off scot-free. I got away with it. But not so fast. There's a prophet in town, and his name is Nathan. And God likes to tell everything to Nathan. Not long after, David's son Amnon takes a liking to his stepsister Tamar. Instead of taking the proper steps to inquire of the potential or the legality according to Jewish law of pursuing this relationship, he sets up a scheme. He pretends like he's sick so that she will bring food into his room. And so the scheme plays out. He rapes her. He casts her out of his room. He locks the door behind her. And she was out in the hallway weeping and crying that she has been defiled. When David, the chief justice, hears about this, do you know what he does about this crime? He sweeps it under the rug. Absalom, Absalom will not have that swept under the rug. He decides that he is going to take the life of Amnon because revenge has taken over his life and his mind. And after Absalom has Amnon murdered, he flees across the Jordan to seek refuge. And once again, David, he just sweeps it all under the rug. A few years go by and Absalom desires to return to Jerusalem. And David allows it, but he will not allow Absalom to see his face or be in his presence for some time. David has lost the understanding. You would not think it would happen. But he's lost the understanding how true forgiveness works. And that won't work with Absalom. He becomes very angry at his father. And so what does Absalom do? He starts working behind the scenes to gain the country's favor and to set up a rebellion. Absalom succeeds with both, and he takes the throne from his father. Last-minute intelligence makes its way to David, 
And he knows he only has one choice before him. He must flee from Jerusalem or they will take his life. And then comes the lowest of low, where many think the psalm was inspired. David, I picture him leaving Jerusalem. He is walking down this road, looking downward, his tail between his legs. He's walking in disgrace. And then suddenly, he hears something up on a hillside. There's a man up there named Shimei. And Shimei sees King David down there, and he knows exactly what's happening. And so Shimei starts calling down curses on David. And in so many words, he's saying to David, you have brought this upon yourself. Everything you've done has come back to haunt you. You've brought this upon yourself. God is not with you any longer. And not only that, but he's throwing rocks at King David. David can run away from Jerusalem, but there's no escape for what he's feeling deep down in his heart. I've failed as a king. I've failed as a husband. I've failed as a father, as a friend. And most importantly, I have failed as a follower of God. And in those two first two verses, we can see that primal fear and anxiety is pressing down upon his chest, and he must be out of breath. And then we get to verse 3, and something happens. Something I believe we can only attribute to God's Spirit and God's Word, because it's the same way that God has dealt with us when we have been in the lowest of low. David, as he is looking down, realizes that he is in the presence of God, and God has never left him. While his situation has been that the many are telling him that there is no help for you, there is no God for you, he realizes that God has never left him. God has always been by his side. And so David, he slowly starts to breathe again. And his eyes are starting to lift up. And he says, God... You have been a shield to me, and your shield has been before me and behind me. They may be able to take my life, but they will never be able to take my soul, for my soul is in your possession, and your shield is before and behind my soul, encompassing it. And you are my glory. My dignity is not in my wealth or my kingdom or my reputation. My glory is my glory is in God and Him alone. And your hand, your hand will lift up my head and my eyes will look up to you for I don't have any strength or wisdom to raise up my own head, but God, you will lift up my head and my eyes once again to you. And he's breathing even more. And he sees that the fear and the anxiety is beginning to dissipate. And we see this imagery of a deep sleep that comes when one believes when they are in the presence of God. I'd be willing to bet you would have the best night's sleep you have ever had in your entire life if you were able to see God sitting in a chair right next to your bed. And it dissipates even a little more as he hands over his anger and that wished vengeance upon his enemies, and he gives it to God. He believes that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I give it to you. And it fades even a little bit more as he's starting to believe on God's mysterious plan of deliverance for himself. But did you also notice he brought up the people of God when we start coming out of fear and anxiety, which makes us look inward, and we start looking to God, we start thinking about other people. And he's thinking about the people of his kingdom and the children of God. He is learning in his anxiety and fear to release everything to God. A few months ago, 
after I preached at the 10 a.m. service, I was waiting down there by the door at the bottom of those stairs. And before anyone had made it down the stairs, I guess I was just looking out into the courtyard and I was staring down at the ground. And the first person down the stairs, who's a friend of mine, said, Steve, what are you looking down for? I said, well, I got a lot on my mind, brother. I'm feeling somewhat overwhelmed with all that's on my plate this coming week. And he said, have you ever noticed that we tend to look down when we are overwhelmed, anxious, or depressed? Maybe that's why the Bible talks about looking up at the mountains and being reminded of God's creative power. Maybe that's why the Bible talks about looking up at the planets and the stars and being reminded of God's amazing strength and design. He said something happens in our spirit when we look up. Now the next person was coming down the stairs, so I said to him, well, I think you're on to something. And for the rest of that day, I started thinking about that more and more. I thought about it for a while when Jesus said, said, look at the flowers. Look at the flowers of the field. They are clothed more beautifully than the robes of Solomon. If God will clothe the flowers like that, just think of how God will care for you. Or when Jesus said, look up at the birds of the air. If God will feed the birds of the air continuously, just think of how he's going to care and look out for you. I thought about it a little bit more, and I thought, well, when we look up at the cross, we are reminded that God has sent His only Son to give His life for us. And when we look up at the cross, we are reminded of God's love, forgiveness, and favor for us. Something happens like David when God lifts up our head and our eyes to Him we realize that God is always present. Now, God has countless ways and means to lift up our heads, to lift up our eyes. It could be someone at the door giving you a word of encouragement. It could be a Bible verse that pops into your mind as you're driving along. It could be a song you heard that reaches deep into your heart. It could be a a text message or an email from a brother and sister in Christ to give you a little boost that day. But it's always to one end. It's always to one goal. To lift up your head, to lift up your eyes. To see that God is there present with us. He is our shield, our glory, the lifter of our head. And as He lifts the head up and the eyes up, we can sense that He is breathing. Breathing once again into us. Reminding us. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I love you. Maybe this morning you found yourself walking in here looking down, or maybe even as I was preaching, because I know how it works, you may be sitting there and and your eyes went downward as you started to think about something. And I want to encourage you that as I pray, I'm going to just leave a short time of silence to you to give God whatever that might be, the drawing your eyes downward. And as you open your eyes up, open them first to the cross and remember that God loves you, His Son forgives you, and He's always present to help you. Let us pray. Father God, we give such thanks that You are a God who loves to hear us pray to You, to cry out to You, Nothing will surprise you. You can handle anything we bring before you into your presence. So in this time of silence, we lift up whatever that issue might be, looking to you for your strength and presence. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you to stand as we affirm our faith from Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 39. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress 
or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, no. in all, all these, these things, things, we are, we are more than, than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward as we give of our tithes and offerings.
to the Lord in prayer together. Lord God, we do rejoice in you, for you are our rock and our salvation. You are the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom you sent into the world to bring joy and peace to all your children. And so we rejoice today, knowing that your hand is near and is healing, even in the face of rains and winds and earthquakes. We mourn with those who mourn today and who will mourn in days to come. Yet we rejoice in the knowledge and faith that in comfort and distress, in joy and in sorrow, in life and in death, we belong to you. Our trust, our faith is in you and in your Spirit's leading and in the strong and loving hands of our Lord Jesus. So as we rejoice in you today, we pray for peace on our earth, your earth. We pray that all those who govern would do so to enrich the lives of all their citizens. And we pray that all who govern would be in their governance examples of wisdom and tolerance and justice and mercy. Lord, we pray for this congregation. Continue to challenge it in all of its ministries. Bless the pastors and the staff and the officers and each and every member and every non-member who calls Laguna Presbyterian Church his or her home, a place to feel like family, a place to grow in understanding and discipleship, a place to feel loved, and respected and included. Lord, we all rejoice in you. So hear us now as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught all of his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. How firm a foundation
And now may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you this week. Amen. I look up to the mountains, to the hills, I turn my eyes. Baby.